In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There is a word that we, as Christians, throw around quite a bit. And while I think we understand and appreciate one meaning of the word, I think we have lost a little in translation, as it were, and don't quite understand the full impact of the word as it relates to our Christian life. The word is peace. For many people, and if you fall into this camp, I apologize, but for many people, peace involves tie-dyed shirts, perhaps a music festival on a farm in New York, a symbol that resembles a Mercedes-Benz hood ornament, little sayings like peace, love, and rock and roll, or something of that nature. For others, once again, apologies if this hits a little close to home, peace is something we attempt to guarantee through stockpiling weapons, having a larger nuclear arsenal than your enemy. It's the arms race mentality because they will know that if we can hit back harder or longer than they can, then they won't dare strike us of maintaining peace through a mutually assured destruction. For others, peace is simply being in a happy place, being in a place like the mountains or the beach, where there's not a care in the world, a sliver of heaven found right here on earth. Jesus said, peace I leave you, my own peace I give to you. What does the peace that Jesus promised look like? And what does the peace of Jesus mean for us today? I think the answer might surprise many of us, if not all of us. First, we must realize that peace is not the absence of conflict. It's not the absence of something churning beneath the waters of our soul or the oceans of the world. Peace is not the absence of disagreement. The ancient age of the Pax Romana was a time when the Roman Empire said of itself that it had established peace in much of the known world. But we all know that this is not truly the case. There were still skirmishes. There were still conspiracies in the palaces. There were still outright rebellions in areas of the empire. But the Pax Romana did allow for a collective sigh of relief from the citizens that everything was at last peaceful in their homes or in their villages and towns. Perhaps they might not need worry about what is happening in Rome or with whatever regional government was close by. They might not have to worry this year or next or maybe even for a decade. Second, peace is not the heart-warmed feeling you get when holding a newborn baby, playing with a puppy, even spending time with the love of your life. Yes, we say those are peaceful moments, small units of time that everything seems to be right with the world. But the baby will cry and will need fed, and the responsibility of being a parent will return rather soon. The puppy might gnaw 
and ruin your favorite shoes. And one thing said just not quite the right way might turn a peaceful moment with the ones we love into a negotiated ceasefire that spoils the day. And third, peace is not that sense of self-contentment that we get when we say we are having a peaceful day. It's not the euphoria of eating a piece of chocolate cake, having a glass of wine amongst close friends, or even your own quiet private time with a good book nestled near a fire on a cold winter's day. Yes, all of these are peaceful, and all of them are moments to enjoy, to savor, to look forward to with anticipation and gratitude. Sometimes we learn what peace is through these and other examples of things that rest and restore us, that cause us to breathe in deeply and let go of some of the stress-inducing items in our lives. But the gift of peace that Jesus gives is much more than all of these, which can sometimes then seem superficial compared to the peace that Christ Jesus brings. First, the peace that Jesus gives is an active peace. It is not a peace that stands by idly, waiting for something to come or expecting to be served. It is a peace that meets head-on the strife or the areas of life and this world where peace is absent. But unlike the dominating peace, the peace that beats others into submission, like in an occupied territory, the peace of Christ goes into those places where war, strife, violence, hurt, fear, and a whole host of others, and fills that void and that emptiness of the broken and the shattered lives, not in some highly spiritualized sense, but oftentimes in real and tangible ways. The hot meals given out to refugees, the cleaning up after a fire, the loving embrace of someone who has a disease which might be contagious. Second, the peace that comes from Jesus, that gift to us, is a peace that is also courageous. It is the peace that comes not only in the midst of some danger, but the peace in knowing that no matter what happens now, the kingdom of God will come and that Christ is victorious in all things already. It is a peace that is tempered in moments when all seems lost. Here's a modern example that I have found deeply moving. Bulgaria, during the Second World War, was an ally of Nazi Germany. And early in 1943, secret orders to deport 20,000 Jews were placed into effect. During the first week of March, 1943, thousands of Jews from across the country were taken to railway stations, put into makeshift prisons, and were preparing to be sent off to Treblinka, a concentration camp. In reality, really, an extermination camp 
where 850,000 Jews were killed during the Holocaust. The Bulgarian town of Provdiv was one staging site where about 1,500 Jews from that city and an additional 6,000 or so from that region were housed there. On the 10th of March, the end of this week-long roundup, these, some say about 8,500 Jews or so, were loaded into boxcars to be shipped off. But there was a bishop in that town, Bishop Kirill, and he knew what was occurring. And knowing what was occurring, knowing what the fate was going to be for these people, some of them from his town, he pushed through the guards, pushed through to the platform area, and began to open the boxcars. As he did, he shouted out a few verses from the book of Ruth. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. There will I be buried. When he tried to enter one of the boxcars, the SS officers stopped him. Bishop Kira then said that if they would not let him open those doors, then he would therefore lay on the track in front of the train to stop it from leaving the station. Now, at this point, people around town were beginning to see and hear about this happening at the train station, and eventually about 300 members of the churches there rushed the train depot to stand in solidarity, not just with their bishop, but with these Jews who were on their way to their deaths. Soon, word got out all around Bulgaria. 42 members of parliament rebelled against the government. These Jews, after a few days, were returned to their homes and by the end of the war, Bulgaria had a population of over 50,000 Jews, more than when the war had started, making it the only country under Nazi occupation to see an increase in their Jewish population. And all of this because one bishop understood that peace is also a courageous act. Now, by this point, you might be saying to yourself, but Father John, this is the Feast of Pentecost. I thought we were supposed to be talking about the coming of the Holy Spirit to the church. Exactly. You see, one of the great gifts we receive, both individually and corporately, from the Holy Ghost, from the Holy Spirit, is the gift of Jesus' peace. Peace that only he can give. Not peace as the world gives. 
It is the peace that is emboldened by the Holy Spirit. It is not the worldly peace that is only achieved by the end of the war, the winning of a conflict. But it is the peace that paves the way for the third way to recognize God's peace. The justice of God comes through peaceful means. The church must be agents of peace, something the church has struggled with for a very long time. And we, you and me, must also be agents of God's peace, something that many of us find on our good days is still somewhat difficult. When we think about the current state that we live in, this current angst and hurt and even uncertainty and fears of many things that attack us, that try to hold us hostage to their wills. It is the peace of Christ, the power of the peace of Christ that breaks their hold on us. St. Paul reminds us in Philippians that while we do rejoice, it is the peace of God that keeps guard on our hearts and our minds, especially in trials and difficulties. And the fruits of the Spirit, the gifts of Jesus that are given to us through the Holy Spirit, are love, joy, peace, and there are several more as well. While it is good to become excited to look for the working of the Spirit in bold and dynamic ways. To seek out ways that seem heavenly. To search out miracles like speaking in tongues that the disciples were gifted with for a time. I think one of the more subtle, perhaps in these days, even one of the most appreciated gifts, is the one we sometimes forget to look for or the one we sometimes undervalue, the peace of the Lord. In a few minutes, after we renew our baptismal vows, and after we have prayed, I will greet you with that familiar saying, the peace of the Lord be always with you. And you will in turn grant that peace to me and the rest of your fellow congregants. It is not just be calm in the Lord, although that is part of it, but this intercession and assurance is also about knowing that your sins are forgiven. So be at peace. Being in love and charity with your neighbor. So be at peace. Knowing deep down in your heart that no matter how dark it is right now in your world, that Christ has already won the victory. So be at peace, even peace with yourself. I encourage you today, and perhaps to make it a habit over time, that when we offer the peace, this peace to each other, when we offer real peace, 
we say, the peace of the Lord be with you. It's not a time to make lunch plans. Not a time to questions about vacations. But rather to look each other in the eye and convey, truly convey that giving of peace, that giving of strength and love and joy as well to each other. We can use coffee hour to catch up. Use the time that we set aside for the giving of the peace of the Lord as a gift to help change, to help encourage, to help strengthen each other so that we all may take it outside of these walls and to this community. Peace. I leave with you. My own peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not let them be afraid. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.